Welcome to Red, White, and Boom, Rescue the Fosters edition. I am Gino, your host, and I have my two co-hosts with me, Sylvia Beachy and KK Emmett. How are you, ladies? Good. Good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Uh, I was just telling our guest that uh, he's in a nice warm place. I'm in a very cold place tonight and getting a lot of snow, so <laughs> not real thrilled with that. Oh, but no. Yeah, we'll get through it. We always do survive up here in Michigan. Uh, anyway, let me uh, let me go ahead and introduce our guest. We are very excited to have Sheriff Richard Mack with us tonight. I'm going to go ahead and show his website here. It is cspoa.org. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read his bio, and then we'll introduce him formally. Uh, Richard Mack is a retired sheriff for Graham County, Arizona. He's also a public speaker and an author. Sheriff Mack is the founder of Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. His organization is committed to educating both citizens, sheriffs, and other peace officers on the authority they possess under the Constitution. Before becoming a sheriff, Richard was a detective specializing in teaching and identifying child abuse. In an ironic twist of fate, Sheriff Mack's own son was accused of abusing his kids over 10 years ago by his ex-wife. CPS took the kids and custody was given to his ex-wife with no evidence proving that his son abused his, his children. Uh, to add insult to injury, last year Richard's daughter was coerced by a counselor to call CPS on her husband instead of granting custody to Sheriff Mack and his wife, they placed a two-year-old in a foster home. Thankfully, his grandson was returned to his mother four days later. Sheriff Mack, welcome to Rescue the Foster, sir. How are you tonight? I'm doing really well, Gino. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. Thanks for having me. And and we, while you were reading that, my uh, my blood really started rushing and boiling again. I can imagine. Uh, even though... It happened two years ago, December 18th. And, you know, this is uh, this is something that we've seen over the last eight yep. months of doing this show. There's a th common thread. CPS, first of all, they're a horrendous organization, and I use that term organization loosely. Uh, but what they've done is it seems like they go after the people that are either advocates, worked in the system and have come out and been whistleblowers, or someone like yourself who was actually identifying and and showing people what an, what abuse really looked like and yet they come after your own family fast and furious and, and you're you have a you're a decorated uh detective a decorated sheriff you serve two terms as sheriff there in graham county and yet mm -hmm. these people they still they have they have uh you know i always call it a, a testicular fortitude they come after you full force and it's just like the, the guns are blazing. Like, uh, I don't know. You want to just uh, go ahead and tell us your story, Sheriff? Yeah. Um, in fact, the my little grandson that was taken from my daughter uh, and her husband, her, her second husband. Uh, so, and I say that because uh, three of the girls that were there are his stepdaughters. And then it is his son and my wife's son that they had together with her second marriage. Uh, and his name is Mac. He's named after me. Hmm. And um, he, he's a real fun kid, and uh, I just absolutely love him. Uh, we're really buddies, and I'm very close with him. I just went and uh, spent some time with him this morning, and right before, in fact, I took him to his preschool. Uh, but when this all happened, it really seemed to be aimed at me in a lot of ways because uh, the incident was going down at the time we lived about 45 minutes from my daughter. She called me. She said, uh, cause she had already been talking to me about the situation. And she told the counselor that, um, that the second oldest daughter, he, I mean, this is a good stepdad. He got up early to take him to school and, uh, the middle-aged one, Millie was uh, throwing a fit. Uh, she could be quite moody at times. And she wouldn't get in the car and he grabbed her by the coat. He grabbed her coat and put her in the car. He wasn't rough. Uh, and, uh, and I even talked to Millie and I, I asked, what did he hit you? Did he push you? And she goes, no, no. After she was settling down, she didn't uh, think it was much, there was much to it, but, um, they don't even know where this, uh, scrape on her back came from. It wasn't a scratch. There was no blood. Uh, there was just a little abrasion and they don't even know where or when it came from. And she's very athletic. She's into gymnastics. You can never go in that home without see her, seeing her tumble all over the place. And sometimes she falls. The, the idea that I could bring that up, that it's possibly happened on her own, uh, 
they, it, that incensed them. They were so indignant that I could even say something. I said, well, in law enforcement, we were trained to look at all sides. They're not. They don't want to look at all sides. There's only one side. And if you, if you disagree with them, they will go after you and they will decline you as a potential custodian of the child. The, the I, irony here, uh, no, not the irony, the evil here is that Mac was never involved in any of the problems. Not at all. The, the, the stepfather to Millie was the situation. <clears throat> Those three girls were taken out of the home by the biological father. And the biological father and my daughter get along fine and they co-parent and it's 50-50, just like the law says here in Arizona. And, and so now uh, they come, we go to the scene. We said, hey, we can take the child. I already know they have by law and their own policies a requirement to try to put the child with a family member. Mm -hmm. So here my wife and I, who've raised five children of our own, who have 15 grandkids, who have never even spanked any of our grandkids, who have, ne have nothing but a great relationship with all our ch grandchildren. Uh, and they ask us a few questions. They go make a, a phone call and they decline. The, yes, I told them I used to be a detective. I, I used to specialize in, in crimes against children and juvenile delinquency. I was the school resource officer uh, over 12 schools. I handled every child abuse complaint for 12 schools. Wow. And so, of course, I became very uh, expert at uh, child abuse. Right. And I also became an expert at something else. And that is lying ex-wives or lying wives <laughs> uh, who want to get the system to attack her husband right. or ex-husband. And, and I will tell you honestly, before any of this happened to me personally, I could tell you about one in three, uh, 33%, at least a third of the accusations from uh, wives or ex-wives to their husbands are false. And that's just a national statistic. And anyone in CPS or any counselor or anyone else that's trying to put children, take children from a home, which is extremely traumatic, for the siblings and for the child and and the the foster home that took him even told us he never stopped crying all night long wow. this kid cried for nine hours straight Poor baby. And, and, and and that's really that's really torture yeah uh and that was never necessary nope. and they came to me and they said they they told and i told them i said i'm a detective i've trained people to look for for uh, child abuse in schools. I've trained teachers. I've trained others to look for this and, and to be able to protect children. The number one priority is yes, we protect children. Absolutely. This is not what happened there. So after they asked me who about my background and my wife, they came back and I said, oh, this is gonna be a slam dunk. Mm -hmm. We're gonna take Mac home with us. Nope, they said, you're declined. Why? Because you disagreed with some of our uh, assessments. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no kidding. And I didn't even disagree. I just questioned it. Mm -hmm. uh, right. But you can't question, you can't question no. these dictators uh, at all. Mm -hmm. And so then they decided that they would allow the biological father, father of, the, of my granddaughters to take Mac with them to, so that he could be with his sisters and be in a familiar place with his sisters. That was all agreed to, and my oldest granddaughter there was 12 at the time, uh, maybe 11. Yeah, yeah, she's 13 now. So McKenna is holding Mac, and all of a sudden, everything stops. They go and grab Mac away from McKenna. McKenna starts bawling her head off, didn't know what's going on. My daughter is absolutely in, in hysterics, bawling, falling to the ground, bawling, watching her child be kidnapped. Uh, by the satanic uh, uh, CPS workers. And I told them to their faces, I said, you two people are evil. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and, and, I don't want, and and two cops are there. And I said, why are you cops here? Right. And they go, oh, we're here to keep the peace. I said, no, you're not. You're here to make sure that these people can kidnap That's my exactly grandchild. That's exactly what it is. Yep. 
right. you're not keeping the peace. If you were keeping the peace, you would be looking at both sides and you have already heard that there was no reason for them to take my grandson. Mm -hmm. And that's why you, you know, really, if we had been able to, because the only law firm that takes cases like this is so booked with cases, they wouldn't take ours. They said, you guys are lucky. You got your, you got your grandson back. And I said, you gotta be kidding me. We're lucky. And so anyway, yeah, four and a half days later, we got back back and I guess we uh, my daughter had to do some sort of oh they had to do some monitoring to where another adult cousin or sister or, or friend uh, was qualified to be in the home and it had to be somebody who just didn't know anything about anything so that they couldn't say one way or another if they agreed or disagreed with CPS's uh, uh, assessment and, and so my my uh, niece uh, Joni, uh, spent the most time there in their home with them uh, to to make sure Mac is safe. And uh, and another term they used was, um, your daughter cannot guarantee the safety of this child. Oh my gosh! And they said, why don't you ask the officer if he can guarantee the safety of his child? <laughs> who can guarantee the safety of any child? Exactly. Uh, who can do that? Sickening. And I said, Absolutely sickening. I said, it's completely, completely uh, irrational criteria <laughs> to determine if a child is taken out of a home. So really, it's just up to their arbitrary yeah. uh, stupidity. Yeah. It's, it's all arbitrary. Yeah. It's arbitrary, and it, yeah. it comes down to money. It's always money. They make a ton of money off kids. It's, it's their child trafficking. It's absolutely despicable and disgusting. <laughs> Sheriff, what are the long-term effects? What have they been on Mac? Well, after that, it, it just seemed, uh, it didn't seem, there was no question. He was so clingy uh, to mom and dad, uh, and especially his dad. He's really a daddy's boy, and that was supposed to be the danger. And and Rob is so overprotective of him. It's his only child, and uh, at least biologically, and he treats uh, the three stepkids, my three granddaughters, he treats them really well, and they all love him. They call him Daddy Rob. And uh, just the other day, I was there a couple of days ago, and McKenna and Millie were sitting there watching TV. And I said, hey, Millie and McKenna, do you know something? I said, you're really lucky to have Rob. He's really a good man. And they go, oh, yeah, Grandpa, you're right. Hmm. Uh, and I, I just wanted them to, to realize that. But they know. Sure. Um, and, and, and my daughter actually went on a retreat with him uh, just to try to get the relationship better and to get on board with communication. And... The counselor told my wife, my daughter, uh, she said, of all the people that I've had in here the last couple of years, your husband is the best one I've ever seen. <laughs> and, and she is, she's so lucky because she really, those kids really have a good stepdad. That's great. And, and uh, obviously they have a wonderful grandparents. We all love them so much. And uh, we love to take them to Disneyland and other mm-hmm. things and take them around. I know Disneyland has a bad reputation. I, I'll tell you right now, I don't believe that Disneyland is a is a conduit for uh, uh, child trafficking. I, I have not seen enough evidence. Yeah. If anybody has evidence, I'm willing to look at it. There's a but lot I've of speculation, seen. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I told people that they come up and tell me that. I said, you show me the evidence and I'll get involved in investigating that myself. Yeah, there's you know there's corruption everywhere. You're not gonna I I don't you know whether you're a doctor, oh, uh, lawyer, yeah. the garbage I man. Disney on a lot of things. Sure, and, sure. And, yeah, yeah. So I mean you know I, it's neither here or there in this case. I mean the fact is you're you're. But CPS is the culprit. Yeah, CPS yeah. in every state are run by a bunch of dictators and and social misfits, and these people are. Uh, totally satanic. Well, and and family courts hand in hand with CPS. They're mm-hmm. they're two institutions. Oh, yeah. Family court, you know, I when I found out family court, you're not even put before a jury, and that it's just it's just basically yeah. case managers who are all bought and paid for. Mm-hmm. You've got yeah. uh, guardian ad litems that are all paid for. Everybody's in on the game. You have no chance yeah. as a parent in a family court, like almost zero yeah. chance. And put in these poor people, no one, no attorney wants to take yeah. the cases because they know they're just the like IRS right. courts. Exactly, but it's, it's already a done deal. It's it's disgusting yeah. what's happened. So what what happened with the other uh, two children or three? Is it yeah two right? Uh, three da- uh, there's three daughters in the home. Three three stepdaughters to my uh, son-in-law, 
and my wife, my daughters, three daughters that she had with her first husband. Uh, now everything's fine. Uh, and I will tell you something that I thought was not a good idea. Um, Rob, my son-in-law involved in this, refused to do any interviews with CPS. <clears throat> he refused to do any psyche vows. Uh, and he waited them out. Mm. All Everything went uh, back to normal and there's nothing they could do about it. Good. I was actually surprised because I said, Rob, they'll go after you. He says, I'm not giving them the time of day. He hired a lawyer. He was yeah. well represented. And uh, in the final analysis, they didn't have anything to go on. And it was probably good that he didn't um, yeah. talk. He, he, you know, he pled the fifth. He was innocent of anything. Mm -hmm. um, look, if he was doing anything to my daughter or my granddaughters, I'd be the first one to come <laughs> down on him. You know, <laughs> I would never accept anything like that. But the truth of the matter has been around him too much and I've never seen any of it. Uh, and mm -hmm. we've been there when he's argued with my daughter. He does mm -hmm. not get physical. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, again, he wa he worships the ground his little son walks on. And uh, he is so fun and he's always buying him stuff. And, you know, he spoils him uh, like crazy, but he's never been mean and he's never been physical uh, with the girls or with Mac. And I totally admire him for that. I, I, I really, looking back now, I don't believe in spanking, uh, you know, but that, that's, again, a parenting tech, sure. uh, technique mm -hmm. that really is not to not even involved in this situation. I said, mm -hmm. he doesn't even spank the kids. Right. Nothing nothing mattered to these people. No, no they don't. Yeah. You know, and yeah. somebody from high told them to take Mac, and, and I really do believe it has something to do with me and Oh, who's who's this former detective think he's telling us what to do? And that's really where this works. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of hubris. Um, ladies, does this story sound like familiar? Have we heard this before? <laughs> I mean, it just yeah. seems like it seems like you could just carbon copy this this story. And it's 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 the same corrupt system in every state. And, you know, I think most people in this are ignorant to this, as I was, where they think, you know, CPS is this government organization that protects children and they're out for the best, you know, the best interest of the children. And, and no. family court is this perfect, you know, um, entity that, that um, resides over justice. It's, it's nonsense. None of it's true. It's all about the money, money, money. And, and Sylvia, I mean, Sylvia knows all the stats. I mean, what, what were the stats on kids placed in foster care? for uh, abuse? Uh, uh, kids placed in foster care, or you mean allegations? Allegations, of, uh, sorry. Yeah. Disapproved. Yeah. yeah, it's like 80% are not correct. So they're, they're not proved. It's just allegations and they go on the word and that's it. Um, but I did have a question for you, Sheriff Mack, and this goes back to the police officers. And this is just kind of, I don't know if the audience is probably wondering this too, but um, how is CPS able to use police officers the way that they use them? Is this is this actually a law? No, uh, it, you know, keeping the peace is something that peace officers are supposed to do. But all mm -hmm. it is, that's a that's a guise uh, because they're a state agency and they're from the government. Then we're here to make sure that it is a peaceful process for them if they have to take the kids. Uh, that they will make sure they take the kids. So and, how how do they keep using the police officers? Like when the police officer gets a call from CPS, mm -hmm. um, can you tell us like what the the proper procedure is? Well, the, you know they probably have their own uh, policy and procedure to to handle this and, and to guide this with the right mm -hmm. protocols. But it is as I said. Uh, they are they are trained just to, to make sure that the CPS workers are protected, because I guarantee you, I would have tried to stop it had the police not been standing there right there next to me. Physically, I would have kept my son. I wouldn't have hurt the workers, but I would have taken him and I would have said, you're not welcome. You get off my property and don't come back. Well, they probably would have come back with the police and tried to get in there. But uh, still, there is no probable cause or reason for them to take my child. Right. And, and so ultimately I agree with what we did because we kept our, we kept our cool sort of, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but, but uh, Rob, Rob wasn't even there, or I think he would have gone to jail. Yeah. Uh, I know be, I would. Because it's a farce. 
It's a farce what they're doing. And I told the cop, what is the reason they're taking my grandson? And he could not give it. And you see, to, to answer your question better, until we get the police agencies sued and accountable for making sure they're guaranteeing CPS, they become just a guard for CPS. Yeah. And they're making sure that CPS is successful in taking the children because they will, they will physically arrest me or my grand or my, or my son-in-law, they would have arrested him. And, and he told me, he says, I wouldn't, I would have held on him. And I, I said, you probably would have gone to jail. And I, and, and I said, I almost did it. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, there's two cops right there. What am I going to do? You know, right. and I know exactly what they were going to do. And they would have taken me down to the pavement and I would have gone bleeding uh, mm-hmm. uh, to, to jail. Right. Uh, and I just didn't see uh, any reason for doing that. And and of yeah. course, I called I called all the next day, even that night. I started calling people who I know personally in the state legislature and, uh, and others uh, and the police who I knew. And, and then all day the next day, same thing. And uh, it it um, it just we didn't get anywhere. Uh, right. And then and then they said they uh, and then we course called CPS lots of times. I complained about the two uh, female agents that were there. Uh, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if I had anything to do with it or they realized who I was or whatever. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I called another sh- uh, neighboring sheriff and he says, I'll tell you honestly, honestly, Sheriff Mack. We won't even call CPS anymore. None of our officers. We we don't put it in writing, but we kind of have a gentleman's agreement. Call other family, do whatever you have to do, but do not call CPS because it uh, it's a racket. Well, it's been my theory that the police, I think most police officers that are, in, I want to say involved in this, um, I think most of them are pretty ignorant. They do think they are just keeping the peace, but CPS yeah. is using them. CPS is absolutely using them and and they need to wake up. And as a sheriff, I think this is maybe a good segue here as a sheriff. If you were still in control of your department and in your officers and your jurisdiction, what would have happened in that situation? What, what would you have done? We actually did it before. Okay. Uh, we, we kept it from, we kept it from happening when I was sheriff, not every time, but when it was such a, when it was obviously such abuse by CPS, uh, we told them, uh, look, uh, we will make sure that the father is removed from the home or put him someplace else or make sure he's not there until we get this thing decided. But deciding this within a half an hour of you coming in the home tonight is not adequate for you to take a child Absolutely. from a parent. Absolutely. No way. That should be- and, this worked, and it worked out amicably. Yeah, that should and, be and protocol. Yeah, well, yeah. But you bring up sheriffs. Sheriffs across this country should make sure this abuse stops yeah we don't allow cps to do this anymore and boy some heavy duty training needs to come in place there and and we've we've been doing that now too with our oh yay good yeah good that's good to hear that's awesome wrong and evil yes it is um and i do just want to add to what you just said because when i was a transporter i was a transporter behavior aid a parent aid and we were told whenever we were sent to a home, because not always the kids were not in the, uh, you know, foster care. But mm-hmm. if we were sent to the home, then we need to figure out what that family needed. If they needed food, if they needed clothes, if they, whatever they needed, that our last resort was to call CPS because they're only there exactly. when they don't need to be. And yeah. they're, uh, when they need to be, they're not there. So right. if, uh, and, and that was our protocol was they have to be the absolute last resort. And that is our workers in the system that know this, that you don't yeah. call them unless you absolutely have to, because they're probably going to take the kid from a, a, a non-abusive place and put them in an abusive place. And right. that's what really needs to change. Mm-hmm. Exactly. How so. does how does the protocol protocol get so subjective? Why why isn't it just standard across the board, police station to police station? Who's who's making these rules up? I don't understand it. You you, you can't bring the money in if you do you go by the rules. If yeah. you follow the law, figure. if you follow the law, the money will stop flowing. Half the CPS don't even do their jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they don't even yeah. show the court or anything sometimes they just leave you there right 
you know, the police are to serve and protect. And you would think, just like you said, <laughs> Sheriff, that they'd want to protect the youngest among us and most vulnerable um, instead of, you know, child abuse. That's, I mean, let's face it. That's what this is. You take a kid away. I can't even imagine, you know, I go back to when I was a child and I think, you know, you, you always had that thought in your head, like, oh, what if my parents don't come home or whatever, you know, or I don't see them or if they die, you know, like when you're a kid, you think those thoughts and it's terrifying. When your parents are there in the, in the family room and a CPS agent is taking oh me gosh. away with a cop. I can't even Can you imagine no. something more traumatic than that. No. It's, oh my god it's 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 really yeah. unfathomable like in america that this is actually happening gestapo type tactics it's yeah. just and the, it's, and these agents have no feeling about that whatsoever okay. no. No. they are numb to it these people have been brainwashed and inculcated and handpicked because of their lack of feeling they're right. cold hot yes. they are yeah mm -hmm. absolutely uh, Sheriff, let's move on. I know you got a, just a little bit of time left here. I want to go on to what you're doing with uh, CSPOA. Um, if you can explain what the organization's doing, how it started, and what you're all about. Well, it was born out of my lawsuit against the Clinton administration. I became the first sheriff in American history to sue the federal government and win a case at the United States Supreme Court. It was quite the landmark case. Yay. And and yeah, it was really a uh, it was a miracle because I sued the Clintons and lived to tell about it. <laughs> And so one of the few, uh, but, but yeah, but again, it was a powerful, powerful case and it gave birth to the organization I started 12 years ago called the uh, constitutional sheriffs and peace officers association. And we train sheriffs to not allow these types of crimes to occur within their jurisdiction, uh, no matter what it is, whether it's a crime from the IRS or the FBI or the DEA, or the EPA, or USDA, or FDA, whoever comes into your county, and it might even be uh, some state uh, bureaucrats, that they do not allow uh, bureaucrats, federally or state, to come in and victimize citizens who otherwise are law-abiding people. And and uh, it's a check and balance. It's, it's peaceful, it's effective, and it's part of what the Constitution requires, and that is checks and balances from three separate branches. And in and in my ruling, Justice Scalia wrote the, the decision, and he said, uh, he quoted the Federalist Paper, number 51, and he said, hence a double security arises to the rights of the people. Mm. Well, how? The different governments will control each other. Well, the sheriff's office is a different government. That's right. And its job is to make sure that no bureaucrat abuses citizens. Mm. We, we have an obligation morally and lawfully to make sure our citizens are protected from all enemies, both foreign and domestic. And, and, I, and I don't like saying this, but it's true, and I'll say it again. The greatest threat to our God-given constitutional republic is our own federal government. And now we've actually talked about it, how sometimes it's the state government as well. That's right. Who can the people turn to when that happens? When that kind of abuse happens, who can the people turn to? Oh, get a lawyer. Who can afford a lawyer to go after these agencies? Who can? It, you, then you, you spend all your entire life savings mm -hmm. and retirement to stop something that never should have happened in the first place exactly. and that your sheriff should prevent from happening. Right. Yep. Right. Well, you know, the and sheriffs, that's what we do at the CSPOA and every citizen, all three of you can join. We hope yeah. you do I go to the yeah. website, CSPOA and become a member of our CSPOA posse and be part of the solution with us. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's the website. Again. We, definitely yeah. will. we will. I'm definitely going to be uh, heading over yeah. there after, um, you know, sheriff also, um, do you, is it, I don't know, I guess in your experience, have you, witnessed a lot of sheriffs that are kind of ignorant to this i mean they just kind of oh, get elected <laughs> i i know I'm, I'm saying that rhetorically obviously yeah. <laughs> but yeah just to say the least yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, they swear an oath uh to uphold and defend the constitution they have no clue what it means they've never read it uh and look if you just read the first two or three paragraphs of the declaration of independence understand each amendment in the bill of rights mm -hmm. so there's about 27 principles there 20 princi 27 principles of liberty that we must be very familiar with. There's five principles in number one. There's about eight in number six. 
but eight details do process. Number one details liberties that we were born with. I have a right to freedom of speech. Yes. I have a right to freedom of religion uh, and, and, and to peaceably assemble. All of those things are what police have to guarantee for our citizens. And in fact, in too, too many cases, we side with the politicians and bureaucrats and destroy those rights. And, and that's what's really alarming to me. And, and if we would become the true guards of the Constitution that we swore to be when we took our oaths, uh, we will solve these problems of excessive force and police brutality all across the country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we would. You know, yeah. the sheriff position throughout the United States has become a very political position, unfortunately. It's, it's yeah. I mean, you know. And I'm, I'm afraid we've, we've, we've increased that because mm -hmm. so many uh, national media groups and 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 PACs, PACs, are going after us because of this. And I and I ask them, why does the Constitution uh, cause you alarm? Why why are you afraid of the Constitution? Why are you afraid of civil rights? You know. So and I said, Martin Luther King fought and died for civil rights, and now you want to just give them away? Yeah. yeah. Not me. Well, they're gonna they're gonna use anything they can to just get leverage and get more power. I mean, that's what it's always about. These people are power hungry. They they don't care about you. They don't care about me. We're a bunch of roaches that need to be exterminated. Um, and it, I mean, literally, literally, that's how they. they I had to convince you know some of my own family members like these people literally hate you. They they don't care about you. Oh, yeah. They could care less about your yeah. rights. They, they, they always, I love these bills they propose all the time. Like, oh, saving America, right? It sounds wonderful. Oh, great. They're going to save America. No, it's, it has nothing to do with saving America. It's everything yeah, about like being the Patriot Act. The Patriot the Act Patriot was Act. like Patriot Act. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, gosh. But, you know, I, I'm pretty hopeful. I mean, I, I, I think I'm starting to see people waking up and, and realizing, okay, I like, yeah. I like the freedoms I once had and I want them back. So. I think we're, yeah. we're heading in the right, right area. And people like you, we're very thankful that, you know, people are putting their necks out there and doing the right thing and standing no up thing. for our rights. We appreciate that. And mm -hmm. we need more of you. <laughs> Can we clone yeah. you and make about a hundred of you and get you in different yeah, parts? Yeah. Then? <laughs> I would love to do that. But, but anyway, it's been a pleasure to be with you. It's this a pleasure sucks. to meet you. Yeah. Nice meeting Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all your hard work. God bless you and have a uh, great evening. And hopefully Thank you'll come you. back and we can discuss more about this. Oh, let's do it. All right. Have a great right. night. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Gino, a, I just want to touch about what he was saying. because yeah. hey, it, Hang on, guys. Just, Let me uh, rearrange the, <laughs> the screen here. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, no, it's just, he was, he brought me back to when I was in the system and it was because the foster parents had different rules than the parents. Mm -hmm. So the stuff that he was saying, like they, he, there was a scratch on the, the daughter. Uh, if it had been a, a foster parent they would have told us oh well how does she get that scratch oh, you know, playing around oh my you can play around and you can get you know like wow. it's on the swing like um you know like kids are there mm -hmm. they jump around and they oh, they the double this standard. is how this is how we were this is how we were trained when oh, we went in there gosh. and because uh, i had kids that would have scratches or marks or you know and we would have to go in there and investigate now they treat the foster parent completely different. And that's, you know, that's what he brought me back to was that if that had been a foster parent, they would have been saying exactly what he was saying. Like, well, there, she's a kid. Was she swinging? Was she on that? Was mm. she jumping around? Like, where did it come from? But because it was a biological mother that they could actually take the child and place them into a foster home, then no, that parent has to be an abusive parent. Man. So this is this is double standard. I can go on and on about how they had rules for foster parents and not for parents. Another one is uh, if, a, if a biological mother is late to pick up her kid to school, like say she's running late, she's picking them up. They will, they will call CPS on that mother, right? I had foster parents that would not pick up the kid until late, and I would have to go pick them up. And CPS would just hand over the kid to me as soon as I got there. And the foster parent never got questioned, never got in trouble, nothing. Um, so that was something else that really frustrated me working in the system was just 
how they treat the foster parents mm-hmm. differently than the biological parents. Man, that is so sick. I it mean, is. like that just like, hit me like a ton of bricks when you said that because it's like, why the double standard? Well, I mean, we know why because well, because yeah. the, the biological parents there's no money in it for there. <laughs> the money's on the other end. Right. Man, is right. That sick. You got to get numbers. You got to get you got to get those numbers. So they know exactly what they're doing. They actually have it well perfected. And uh, it, it, they make you think that you're going crazy by asking, because think about it, you're going to have the same case with a biological parent and with a foster parent, and they're going to act completely different in both scenarios. Mm-hmm. It's sick. Just, I, I don't know. I There's days I sit there and think, how is it going to change? But I know it's going to change. I know like we're getting close and I know a lot of good things are going on. We got a lot of great people involved in the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, we just need, oh, please, if there's a politician out there listening right now, if you have any pull right now in DC or even at the state level, please reach out to rescue the fosters, please. Sylvia, KK, myself, anybody in the mm-hmm. movement, we would love to talk to you. And, and we really, really need someone to stand up and say enough is enough. We need your help. And we mm-hmm. want to get this thing taken care of. We, we know it can be taken care of. We can actually really protect kids in this country, not pretend to. And we right. need your help. We really, really need your help. We're begging you. Um, I, you know, I fired off a letter the other day, and I don't know, no response again. I've sent things to people that supposedly are working on foster care down in Florida, and no response from any anybody there. Like I, I don't get it. Like unless it's just going to spam, maybe the mail's going to spam. It could happen. Um, I don't, I don't get it. Like there's people that say they're willing Take to help. Take your spam. <laughs> I did. I checked. I didn't see anything. No, not you. <laughs> oh, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's frustrating. And I mean, I'm, I've, you know, haven't been in it that long. You guys have been in it forever <laughs> and I can't imagine the levels of frustration on your end. Yeah. But I feel like we're, I feel like we're making momentum and it's, it's people like Sheriff Mack that makes me feel like that, you know, like this is great what he's doing, Mm -hmm. you know, and just for people to know that, Hey, you know, like they are using the police officers wrong, you know, like that's stuff that people need to know. Um, And then him, like, we need to get some of these bad sheriffs out of Mm -hmm. their position you know, there's so many sheriffs in Georgia, you know, so I'll definitely be joining his website. And I think it's people like him that give me hope. This is where the sure. local election is so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, like critical. These people are elected officials. They, they're supposed to serve us. I mean, if they're if you have a corrupt sheriff, he needs to go get him out of there. Mm-hmm. Get the next one in. And make sure you do your research before you vote them in. And if they're if all of the candidates are bad, then start exposing them, because the, yeah. these people have a lot of power. And see, this is the sad thing: the bad sheriffs understand this. They understand yeah. the power they have. The good ones, a lot of them don't. That's why I asked that kind of rhetorical question because I knew what he was going to say. But it's like a lot of them are just ignorant of the Constitution and their rights and what the power they mm-hmm. actually have. And it's important that they stand up for us in our local areas. I mean, they're they're the wall of protection that keeps us safe and our children safe. Yeah. And if they don't know that or they're you know ignorant of it, it's just um, it's baffling. I don't know. I mean, like we don't have any right. other legal protection other than them. So you know, it's it's unfortunate that it's gotten to that level, but that's where we are, and we need to have it fixed. And thank God he's he's doing it, and he's you know got a good organization. And I I do remember his case against uh, the Clintons. I remember that. Um, oh. And and uh, it's funny. It's funny. He said he didn't end up in a body bag. Or <laughs> what was it about? I don't remember. I don't think I've heard this one. It was. Uh, I don't remember the the details. Actually, it's probably on the website. I'm sure it is. I'm yeah, sure the story I have to is. look it. It up. was a pretty big case back then, and like he said, it was it was pre- it set precedent. I mean, that was the first time a sheriff actually went and took the federal government to court and won. Like it was it was a big deal. Um, wow. I was, you know, I was only like probably what was I, twenty five or twenty six at the time, and I just remember that, and I was thinking, wow, that's pretty cool. They, this little guy goes and takes the the federal, you know, especially the the Clinton machine, um, took him to yeah. the cleaners. So you know, and thank God he did. I mean that 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 helped a lot. David and Goliath. David and Goliath, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, that was good. I wish he could have stayed longer. Um, I know. But uh, next time we'll, we'll get him on. and Because and I, I want to kind of go into the details about what he's doing with this organization. Because th- I think this is a big deal. And this does play in to, to the whole CPS corruption thing. Because if sheriffs do their job, it stops. Mm-hmm. It stops. Yep. Because how, yep. Sylvia and KK, let me ask you a question. If CPS is called... And then they make their automatic phone call to the local police department. Say, oh, we need you there. And the sheriff says, uh, excuse me. Do you think CPS is going to be showing up? No. Probably not. No. Probably not. And no. see, they are, they are using the cops. Most cops probably don't even know. They just think they're doing their job. They're all mm-hmm. ignorant. But they have to wake up and say, wait a minute. Why is CPS calling us? It's to protect them right. or to protect the family? Because we're not protecting the family. That's for sure. And we're taking right. a kid crying, kicking and screaming from his parents. Oh, I yeah. Mean, like, and come. that happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. But I, I want to say I'm glad that he's having this program because not only just for the sheriff, but it's also like citizens can start learning how to use their constitutional rights and mm-hmm. use it as, you know, use it for their benefit, too. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Thank God we got people like him. I just wish we had more. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he, um, I think Jim Jordan, he's running the, the committee for all this corruption right now. And, and I do see some good things happening. I think they're going to start getting to a lot of the corruption. And and I don't know where it leads because, you know, they're going after a lot of the three letter agencies, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. And CPS, you know, they are, obviously they're a three letter <laughs> organization, but I mean, I, they are, if you really look at the whole picture, they're kind of the same thing. It's it's another arm of the Nazis. Like, it's just another wing to force people out of their rights and, and, to, mm-hmm. and to take freedom from us. And I just pray that Jim Jordan, and I know you were, um, you have a pretty good relationship yeah. with his secretary, I think it is. Well, um, <laughs> trying. <laughs> yeah, trying, yeah. So hopefully we can get through to him and he'll listen to our story. That would be amazing. Yes. Hey, Joyful June. Good to see you. I missed your show, June. I missed it Sunday. I was so busy getting stuff ready. Um, I, I got so much going on right now. It's like it's just, been crazy. It's been, it's been absolutely crazy. And then my son was, you know, I took him to the hospital last night. He had a turned out, thank God, it was just a intestinal uh, thing. And I, I think it's probably from antibiotics because he had been on quite a few lately. So I think that might have mm. triggered some stuff. He's a little discomfort, but he's been for like two months. He's just been coming home from school they're calling us like he wants to come home he's feeling sick he's got a little bit of a temperature and, and then it just goes away comes back so it's this huh. thing that we just have to he's got to get out you know yeah but uh, yeah i was there till like 1 30 last night then you know i slept a little bit then my wife woke me up kind of early then i got went back to sleep then i got up again i don't know it's just like weird sleep and That's... a lot going on so <laughs> i'm kind of like all over the place right now hey, you're about to show you. yeah so anyway, that's everybody's story. So why am I telling my? <laughs> We're all in the same boat. <laughs> no, it's it's crazy busy. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't know. You guys got anything to talk about? Otherwise, we'll we'll just call it a show. Kind of our this is our this might be our shortest show ever. Holy crap! It's yeah. only forty five yeah. minutes. What is it? Forty five minutes? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could tell you the reasons I called police when I was in the uh, tell case us. when I was a case manager. Yeah. You want to hear us. some police stories? I, yeah, I do. Okay, can you want to tell some stories? <laughs> the runaways one? Well, that was one. That was the one time I had to call was for runaways. And uh, that was for call? KK. You called for me? Yeah, well, I called for you, but I didn't realize you were gone. Uh, KK was the sneaky one. She chimmed down the window and the other girls walked out the front door. <laughs> so I didn't realize KK was with them. So I had to call them back and say I, I left one out. That was one one reason. One time I had, uh, I'm just going to tell you this one, This because some of these stories would freak me out. You don't never know what you're going to walk into. But I had this, he was, oh God, he was probably like nine, 10 years old. And uh, some of these kids also know that if they don't want to be at a home, they need to act out, go to a, a psychiatric hospital and they'll get to a new foster home. That's how they do it too. And he was mad and he literally took off and he, I was standing at uh, like there was a deck. I was standing in the front door of the foster home and he jumped on the deck and he went flying. Like he was going to go jump, like 
jump to the ground, but it was really high <laughs> off. And like I literally had to catch this kid. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so we had to call, uh, we had to call because he was uh, acting out and aggressive. We had to call the crisis team. Then the crisis team called the police. This kid, no lie, was taking both his hands and feet and kicking the police officer's oh windows. And he, and he thought that he was going to, we thought he was going to break the windows out. And uh, he had to call for backup. Now, this is a nine or 10 year old kid. Wow. This, this, is, this is the regular day that happens in uh, foster care. Uh, but that was one that I called uh, fights. Uh, those we'd have to call uh, for them to break, help break up fights if we couldn't get them broken up. Uh, any other reason we called the police, KK? Wasn't there some that were, uh, remember how they were like, they threw this stuff, the car and, uh, mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about? The girls throwing it at yes. throwing stuff. Oh yeah. At our the car. Box, the car. <laughs> yeah. They would beat our cars up. Yes. Hooligans. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, there's more. I think, uh, another one was. What was it? I just know there was a lot of fights when there would be people that would come to our uh, property, uh, people like girls throwing stuff. Uh, I, I think y'all had a call when they were like trying to kill themselves. Yeah. Hmm. Suicidal. 1013s. That was a 10. I would imagine the cops were there quite a bit. I would think. Oh yeah. yeah, they would they would just uh circle the complex and they would come up and say, "Are you good? Do I need to stop by? Are you good?" I'm like That was right kind of like uh, <laughs> when I had my uh we had a sports facility and there was a lot of fights there, you know, hockey games or basketball whatever. So the cops were always there. I mean, like they're, "Hey, how's it going, Gino?" <laughs> Walking. It was just like a normal day for them. Um but it was good yeah. because, you know, you knew they were in the neighborhood and they were there to protect us. So, you know, if yeah. anything, because it, it got scary. There was times like people were threatening to kill other people. And um, so they would oh, come in. Oh, sounds like the foster care. Yeah, it was, it was scary stuff, man. Like the basketball games, they would get, oh my gosh. We used to have this thing called, uh, what do we call it? Super Tuesdays or something. And it was like $5, all you could play basketball for two hours. And it was like pickup games. So you would just make teams and play games. We had three courts. And, oh, my gosh, like, the, all they were doing was just playing stupid game of basketball. Like, it wasn't for a league. You weren't winning a trophy. It was just pick up basketball. And these, I mean, like, every week it was, like, someone threatening another person's life all the time. It happened, like, every single week. I couldn't stand it. I made my, in fact, I got to the point where I said, all right, I'm leaving. And I'd leave my brother there. And I would go. I didn't want to, I didn't want to deal with it. It was horrible. It was the absolute miserable time. Um, did you guys watch last night's show with Ivan Raiklin? I did, and I emailed. Yep, I, I emailed too. Cool. Yeah, I sent a video to McCarthy today. Um, <laughs> it's a little short, twelve-second video. Oh, you should uh, post uh, it so we can repost. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna send it because I want him his own words to be used against him. Like he better yes. said, do what he said he was gonna do. Um, so. I sent, uh, yeah, I cut a little video and sent it to him. So hopefully he got it. I'm going to send every day. I'm going to send it. I'm just going to keep sending it until something happens because I'm sick of nothing happening. And I know everybody yeah. I talk to is sick of nothing happening in DC. It's time. Do something for we, the people we own you. It's not the other way around. We elected you do your right. jobs. And, and Ivan, I'll tell you what, that guy, I didn't realize he's, <laughs> he goes there every day. He goes to the Capitol uh, every single day. He's he, in the he's corridors. Amazing. Yeah, and he just like rails on them constantly. Like it's it's amazing. I wish we had more. We of that. really should. Uh, we really should get the schedule from him and plan a week where we just go and we're in their awesome. face. Like that would he be said, amazing. we have got to get in these people's face because they they don't have like he said they don't have to look at us. They don't have to give us an answer. We're not in front of them. Yep. Uh, you can delete emails. You can ignore them. You can do whatever, but. We really do need a plan, a big advocate, DC. Trip. We do. You see, you know, people were terrified. He he brought up a good point last night. Um, and if mm -hmm. anybody's listening right now, um, you can watch the show on Rumble and here on Foxhole. Last night we had Ivan Raiklin on. 
uh, constitutional lawyer. He was a ex uh, retired uh, Green Beret. He's just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the Constitution and our rights and what these politicians need to do. And he was saying that, you know, he like he he got to see Adam Schiff yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he went right up to him and basically says, "Hey, hey, what'd you, why'd you take my Twitter down?" And he's like, "Oh no, we don't do that." He's like, "Yeah, you did." Yeah, yeah, you did. Oh, you took my Twitter down. Like he got right. Like that's what they need to hear. And he said, yes. Adam, you know, he was kind of backing down. Getting, no, no, we wouldn't do that. Like, you know, lying like he always does. And it's like he finally said, "I'm." And he's like, "Well, you know, I, Twitter does that, and and we just talk to Twitter." He's like, "Oh yeah, see, you do talk to him, don't you?" See, like they they mm-hmm. these people are yeah. terrified of us. They they act all big and bad mm-hmm. on the TV or on the news when they're being interviewed on their favorite you know propaganda channel, but then when they're faced mm-hmm. by the public. They, they literally are terrified of you because they yeah. understand better than most people that we have a lot of power as the, we, the people, we still do. And yeah. they work for us. It's not the other way around. And it, it's, it's, and here's the thing. We're peaceful. We do it the right yeah. way. When we protest, we protest the right way. We're not burning down buildings. We're not causing insurrections. Like they, they said we did on January 6th. That's why all that 14,000 video, 14 uh, video hours need to be produced by McCarthy. We don't He's, even cheat. No, no, we don't. Well, there's some, but some like people, we do, not, we not do like not them. Cheat. Yeah. No, they cheat and to yeah. steal elections. We don't do that. No, no, not at the they levels they do. Honestly, they can't play honestly. That's the whole problem. Well, they can't, it's... they can't play honestly because they know they can't win. They have, right. they have no ideas. They have nothing that benefits the American people. And they know that if they present that and, and had a debate, they would lose every single time. There's just, so what do they do? They don't show up. Katie Hobbs and Carrie Lake out right. in Arizona. Carrie, Katie Hobbs never showed up for anything. And she won. Right. Are you kidding me? Like it's, it's, it's the, we have such a, a disgusting system of government going on right now because we, the people let it get to this point. We have to now we're, we're at the brink. Like now's the time we change it forever and we don't let it go in reverse. Mm-hmm. And what our, you know, founding fathers said would happen if, if we didn't stand up and thank God the sheriffs are, you know, the military, I was going to, I wanted, if we had more time, I was going to bring this up with Sheriff Mack that, you know, the military takes an oath. When, when you join yeah. the military, your oath is to the constitution. It's not to the president. Yeah. Yes. The president is the commander in chief. But you take an oath to the Constitution to defend it, both foreign and domestic, just like the sheriffs do. Yeah. And there has to be, I think the military at some point also has to say, wait a minute, these elections cannot continue this way. Like the generals and sheriffs have a lot of power in this nation. And if they yeah. band together and say, we stand by the Constitution, not politicians, that's what we swore our oath to. That's a big deal. See, that's what that's what Sheriff yeah. Mack was saying. These sheriffs, yeah. he, he's he's saying, hey, you guys got power under the Constitution, both in the state constitutions and also in the federal constitution. And and the military has the exact same authority, or even more, to defend yeah. this land. And and I, there has to be a point when, if, if it keeps going the way it's going, that these people are, they're, they're our line of defense. They have to stand up for we the people, not for politicians. That's where, yeah. that's where we're at. I mean, it's kind of a scary moment in history. I mean, I... I know it's going to work out but i mean if i didn't know <laughs> i would be a little nervous, right. you know right so exactly. that's where we're at so on that note we leave you just smiling <laughs> i'm just joking <laughs> what a downer De- debbie downer <laughs> get involved in your community do something <laughs> oh man you have to laugh sometimes <laughs> Otherwise, it's just too heavy. Seriously, it hurts too Seriously. much. Seriously. <laughs> oh, and if 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 anyone wants to do something and doesn't know what to do, give us a call. Set. So what's the number? Put put up. Oh, hang on. You know what? Do I got uh, it? Ah, I was I, gonna I say. Know. I'll give you my number. If we if we need advocates, well, we wait a minute. Need... Hang on. Let me pull up the website. We might. As, why don't we? Don't, we should be promoting the website every single show, and we don't. Well, that and it's not completed. Well, but at least it's something. It's a good start. Yes. There we go. And it's the two cutest girls in the movement. Look at them. 
Oh, adorable. I just like, I just like that we're uh, looking behind the trees because I was telling uh, KK, I was like, you know, we didn't plan this. But if you if you do your research on Santanic rituals, it all happens in the forest, right? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's we're we're, we're watching. Oh boy. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's a great website. I mean, it's well done. I know yeah, it's not cr- complete, but there's everything's here. I mean, yeah, we're... we haven't raised that much money, guys. I haven't yeah, raised any money yet. Yeah, that's, that's not that's not legit. That's... Oh, but we need we need we to raise that much money. Hey, we should yeah. we should talk about the uh, fundraiser, the donations. Oh yeah. Yeah, you, uh, KK did start a uh, uh, fundraiser. Sneakers.org. What was it? It's just got sneakers, basically. It's um basically it's a uh fundraiser where you can um if you have recycled shoes like or any shoes you don't wear anymore you can uh basically contact sylvia and i and we're collecting them and uh we're gonna ship them and uh basically yeah it's basically but i think it has to be certain ones not just any shoes it has to be like tennis well it shoes. has to be like adidas tennis uh, like any tennis shoes but no like yeah. heels or dress shoes right. or like like slides, right. just mainly like tennis shoes. So more like, like ath- athletic yeah. shoes. So yes. what? Uh, how much are they giving per set of shoes? So it's pair? basically if you have the name brand, like the Nike, the uh, Adidas, uh, those are like $7 a pair. And then the non-name brand is like $2. That's nice, yeah. Yes, yeah, all donations are going to help all the foster care kids. So how would they, okay, let's say someone lives in Michigan and they want to give shoes. Like how, how would that person send shoes to you guys? How does that work? That's a good question. <laughs> we'd, we'd give it to you, Gina. You're in, you're in Michigan. We'd send you a bag mm. and you put the shoe in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, we Just what I need, another job. <laughs> <laughs> See, when there's a problem, there's a solution. Yep, there's always a solution. <laughs> How come I'm always the solution? Because <laughs> you're great at it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's it is a great cause, and I mean, and that's I think it's a great idea. I mean, seven bucks that's pretty good yeah. actually. And now, every, if you're in Georgia, Georgia's better because KK and I can just meet you and we'll get the shoes from you. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're in georgia that'd be great because yeah because if someone wanted to like ship them or something they're gonna have to pay for the yeah, shipping. that would be, be the only bad thing yeah hmm. yeah yeah unless they need, you're like, in a michigan drop box or something. unless you want to yeah. ship it you can i mean yeah it's up to you We're not i mean gonna, there uh, are other ways to to do funds but that's one of them that's one of them yeah. It's, a, it's yeah <laughs> i mean probably locally i think that'd be a really good one yeah. Like down by you exactly. guys, just doing something locally and going door to door or something or posting little things on telephone poles or something. And right. maybe even at like, you know, where it would be a good place would be just at a shoe store. Say, hey, can we put this in the shoe store? And, you oh, know, I didn't know. Yeah. Post to that CPS. <laughs> <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 because then they would take the shoes and make money off them. <laughs> Sickles. <laughs> Right. Oh, gosh, those people. I don't know. Maybe one day uh, we'll. I I shouldn't say maybe. There is a day coming when we'll look back yes. and we're gonna have the celebration show, and yep. it'll and we'll have uh, you know streamers flying and confetti and balloons and and then we'll do a live. I'm gonna come down and we're gonna do a live event from somewhere. Oh yeah. Either Florida or Georgia, or whatever. Oh, and, that would be awesome. Yeah, and we'll uh, have a big celebration, and then we'll we'll get a keg and I'll do keg stands for everybody. Oh yes! No, this is live. <laughs> oh gosh, those days! I used to do those. <laughs> I, I did too when I was in my twenties. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> we no, did some stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> KK's never done a keg stand. No. no. <laughs> we don't want to include her in our corruption. No. I mean, I don't. No, some of the things I'll talk about anyway. I'm still trying to understand some of the. Can't talk about What the Brady Bunch and the yeah, did you, phone and, yeah, but KK, oh, did, did you get my text today with the Brady Bunch? I sent that, you a picture of it. That was the Brady Bunch. 
Oh, okay. Yes, I did. <laughs> she didn't know that was Flint, the Brady Bunch. Flint, did you hear Flint? Flint did... I just thought y'all were making fun of me. <laughs> Even Flint says, you didn't know who the Brady Bunch is. <laughs> who is that? You know what the Simpsons are? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, a keg, I, I'll tell you what a keg stand is. A keg is, a, you know, it's like a thing that holds beer. It's like a big barrel, like a steel barrel. And you I buy them, it. you can buy them. And then that way, if you have a party, you mm-hmm. tap the keg and everybody can get beer out of it. Well, there was yeah. this thing called keg stands. You would, you would do a handstand on it and you would, they would put the, <laughs> the hose in your mouth and then open the thing. You would drink so as much. Drink to... much you want. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to have two people hold you mm-hmm. up by your feet. <laughs> <laughs> and you do it at bonfires. Yeah, this She's is a young. huge, huge thing in the country. <laughs> Flynn, have you ever done one? No, definitely not. Flynn, that kid's way too young. She's still too young. I'm not even that young. Twenty-two is still too young. No, it's not. <laughs> Oh man, those were good that times. You know what else? I had one one most embarrassing moment in my life. My cousins never let me live this down. We were we were on a golf outing, and it was like a family thing, and we had friends and stuff, and we were all drinking a lot. And so we were doing like shotguns. That that's where you would take a beer can and you would poke a hole in the bottom, and then you would pop the top, and it would just rush into your mouth, and you'd have to do the whole can. And I was always, I was just terrible at it. I I mean, I would like (laughs) cough it up and stuff. It was so bad. So my cousin, she's like, she's like, come on, we'll go me and you. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could take her. This is easy. So we start doing, we both at the same time do it. And she just like slams this whole beer in like a second. And I'm like coughing and choking and spitting it up. (laughs) My, I, I still have not lived that down. They still make fun of me to this day about that. Like I've never lived it down. Which is a little embarrassing because losing to her was like the worst. Like it was so, it was so like degrading. <laughs> I went yeah. to the lowest levels ever in my life. I think that day, you know, because you're trying to impress everybody. You're like, oh yeah, I'm a man. Right. I can do this. <laughs> so, you young know, you got to be humbled. Yeah. 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 Young and dumb. Yeah. Those were the days. Yep. So I, I would actually, I might try that one time just for a joke. Just try shotgunning one and see if I could even do it. <laughs> Video and send it to us. I'll send it to you. <laughs> Maybe I'll do it live. We'll do it live on Rescue the Fosters. <laughs> probably not a good look. No, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're the Christian guy and you're shotgunning beers. Right. <laughs> not a good look. Not a good look. No. It would be like a pastor out in front of his church. <laughs> wow. Some of them probably do. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how we went yeah, sideways okay. like that, but we did. Um, anyway, if anybody's out there still listening, if we didn't lose any the people watching, <laughs> thank you for joining us tonight. Hopefully you caught Sheriff Mac. If not, tune in. He was on for the first half hour. Very interesting talk. Hopefully we'll get Sheriff back because, man, I need to pick that guy's brain. I got a lot of yes. things I want to ask him. And so I felt like we, we barely got started there and he had to go. But And then check out Ivan Raikland last night. He was on for about an hour, a lot of good conversation there. He's got a lot of great ideas on how to keep these government officials at bay, keep them out of uh, power-hungry thoughts that they have against us and how they can't stand us, most of these people. So watch that show. Go back, rewind this one, watch this one. Ladies, always a pleasure. Thanks, Gina. Take care. Guys, have a great night. I will be live. I think me and Michael are live Saturday night. The Blender returns on our new night Saturdays, I think at 7, if Michael's up for it. He started his new job this week, so I don't know if he's going to be up for it or not. (laughs) He might be pretty tired. And he's moving. He's got to move because it's new. Yeah, so we'll see. Hopefully, I missed that show. That's a lot of fun, The Blender. And then me and Mike, the Hollywood Reporter, back on Sunday night, 8 o'clock for True Hollywood Stories. Part three, Mike's going through uh, his own testimony in Hollywood, and then we're going to get into some of the other stuff. But we're just getting, we want to get his story in first so people understand who he is and what he was doing in Hollywood and all that stuff, which people seem to be liking. He's getting quite a few views over on Rumble and stuff. So it's a good, he's, it's cool when you know somebody that's been in there and they know these people and they know what they're really like, not what you think they're like. So that's kind of cool. So anyway. Have a great weekend if we don't see you. Joyful June, I am going to definitely watch your show on Sunday. If, Oh, yeah. Sun, oh, yeah, yeah, I can. Okay. I was going to say Sunday. I thought I scheduled something wrong. Yeah, Sunday, 
Joyful June, everybody. Check out Joyful June. She's a, jo- Now, look, with a name like Joyful June, right. you, have to, you have to watch a show like that. Come on. Come on. You got to watch yep. that. <laughs> you have to watch Joyful June. She has such a, it's such a unique show. It's so cute. Like, why wouldn't you watch it? Where do we go watch it? Right here on the Foxhole. Joyful oh, no, June. Go, what's it? It's just called Joyful, Joyful June. Joyful June. No, well, her name's Joyful June. Just look, you know, look her up on the, on the board there. And her, what's your show, Joyful June? I always forget the name of it. It's it's a uh, the peachy, peachy keen show. Because she's from Georgia, like you girls. Oh, peachy, really? the peachy yeah. queen. Okay. Peachy, peachy keen. Yeah. Oh, keen. Yeah. Wow, she does. She has a lot of music and stuff. It's fun. It's a good show. A couple hours. Oh, I'll check so it that, out. that starts six o'clock. So six o'clock right here on the foxhole. Anyway, have a great night. We love y'all. Take care. Uh, and I will see you hopefully Saturday at seven. Bye.